This is the podcast. Hey, how's it going? Been a minute. Uh, I think I finally did miss a month. <laughs> oh, well, you know, that's the thing of podcasting when you feel like it. Sometimes you don't feel like it. Uh, you know, it's not even that necessarily. At least in my case, it's more that so much other stuff on the go that finding the time to uh, record an episode, uh, you know, sort of uh, takes a back seat. It's like, hey, do you mind if I have this back seat? It says to you. And then you say, yeah, you know what? You can have that back seat. And then you go on a nice drive on a Sunday, which it is a Sunday for me. Is it a Sunday for you? No. Well, Maybe, although this drops on a Wednesday. Okay, quickly off the rails there. Uh, okay, so what I decided I want to do is... Uh, I do have movies to talk about, as is my want. However, I'm going to do them quick. Like, friggin' 10-second movie reviews. They probably won't be 10 seconds, but they're going to be under a minute if I have to kill every man, woman, and child in... I don't know. Oslo, Norway. Uh huh. Yeah, just picked a uh, random city out of my head. <clears throat> movie the first, Evil Dead Rise. Ah, an Evil Dead movie in the year twenty twenty three. What is it? A a reboot, I suppose this would be right. It's not a. It's not a remake. Certainly, it's not a reimagining, or is it? Um, I guess it does, it, it shares a lot of similarities with past Evil Dead movies. Um, the main girl who is played by actress, is this her? Which one's her? Oh, there she is. Alyssa Sutherland. She plays the main, um, possessed girl. Ooh, the mom. Which, uh, I actually, that was kind of an interesting choice, I feel like. And I, and I don't think I've... I'm sure there has been. Has there been other movies where it's the mom is possessed and uh, wants to kill the kids sort of thing? Pretty spooky. Uh, the funny thing about that as well is the missus and I are watching Vikings, the television program Vikings, and she is one of the characters on that. And it was probably like... 20 minutes into the movie like a, a not insignificant amount of time before really or at least before I realized that it was her so that's something I guess used to seeing her all vikinged up um, yeah a twisted tale of two estranged sisters whose reunion is cut short by the rise of flesh possession possessing demons thrusting them into <laughs> a primal battle for survival as they face the most nightmarish version of family imaginable. <laughs> um, <clears throat> no scary necessarily. Uh, certainly gory. Um, it's I don't know if it had. Did it have any of the the you know glimpses of comedy that uh, Evil Dead movies tend to have? If it did, it wasn't much. Let's say that. Uh, oh yeah, I'm supposed to be doing these quickly. Rating-wise, I did enjoy it. This is one that the missus, like, hounded me to get, which I was sort of surprised. 
Uh, I don't know why she wanted to see it. I mean, she likes horror, but the Evil Dead franchise. <laughs> Not something really a parale necessarily. Um, I'd go like a solid 3.8. A 3.8. If you're unfamiliar with my rating scale, 3 is enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. And yeah, that's, that's probably this. I don't know if I ever need... Like, the scenario that I would watch it again is... If I watched all the other Evil Dead movies and in some sort of marathon type session and uh, decided to throw this one in there for some reason. Yeah, I guess. Moving on to, from 2022, A Man Called Otto. Oh. Otto was a grump who's given, who's given up on life following the loss of his wife and wants to end it all. When a young family moves in nearby, he meets his match in quick-witted... Marisol leading to a friendship that will turn his world around. Oh, heartwarming. <clears throat> a great Sunday movie, which is not unusual for a Tom Hanks movie. Yes, Tom Hanks. Um, you know, you laugh, you cry, you, you have the emotions. He is there such a thing as a bad Tom Hanks movie? I mean, it's yeah, sure, some are better than others, but. <clears throat> I feel like any, I feel like, yeah, he definitely does like every genre, right? Like war movie, comedy, drama, like this, obviously. Like there's a Tom Hanks for every season is what I'm saying. And this is one of them. <clears throat> um, definitely liked it a lot. But would it be one that I would rewatch? Probably. You know, get a Tom Hanks movie marathon. You throw this one in the mix. You get your cry on. Mm-hmm. Rating-wise, I go 4.29. Uh, that's a weirdly specific rating. Yeah, it is. Moving on. Movie the third, I think. Bird Box, colon, Barcelona. 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 How come it's... Is it Barcelona? But then if you live there, you say Barcelona? That's like uh, Toronto and Toronto. If you live in Toronto, <laughs> or, you know, near it as I do, uh, you don't say Toronto. You say Toronto. You lose that T. So is it similar with Barcelona, or is it actually just Barcelona? Barcelona. I don't know. That's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about after an entity of mysterious origin annihilates the world's population, causing those to observe it to take their lives. Sebastian and his daughter begin their own adventure of survival in Barcelona. Right? Right. Um, I did like that they got at least seemingly local actors, or at least native-speaking actors. Um, the Mrs. and I did, just because she, I don't want to say refuses to do subtitles, but she kind of refuses to do subtitles. Um, <clears throat> so we did uh, 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 do uh, dubbed, and it was okay, but I, do, I, I did sort of get the feeling that sub titles would have been better which you know it, it normally is um so there's that although one of the girls does speak english and there was some english uh georgina campbell actually where had i seen her before 
Yeah, I've definitely seen her. Some oh, Barbarian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. We just watched something with her. Oh, and she's in Black Mirror. Don't know if I remember that one. Which I gotta watch the new season. Mental note to myself. Uh, yeah, uh, if you like the first Bird Box movie, uh, you know, you probably like this one. Uh, a lot of similarities. I do like this Bird Box world they have created. It's uh, pretty creepy, and the, the rules are pretty set at this point, I feel like, which is nice. Um, it did do some setup for, you know, potentially fighting back against whatever these creatures are. Yeah, you know what, uh, I do sort of appreciate that we're, is this is two movies in, I guess, uh, and we still kind of don't know what their deal is. Like, what do they get out of having humans kill one another? <laughs> or not kill one another, even necessarily kill themselves. <clears throat> How? Why? Questions. Yeah, it, it doesn't answer every single question, which is not necessarily a bad thing, you know, leaving some things unanswered like that. Uh, rating wise, uh, I'd go uh, four and change. Four, four and an unspecific amount of change. Mm hmm. What do you think of that? Moving on to from 1999, Spike Lee's take on the Son of Sam murders in New York City during the summer of 1977 centering on the residents of an Italian-American Northeast Bronx neighborhood who live in fear and distrust one another. Summer of Sam. Yeah. Uh, vaguely remembered, like I had seen this before. Uh, talked the missus into it, assuming because she likes, you know, murder things. She likes murder things, that she would like this. And, um... I guess because it didn't focus as much on the murderer. <laughs> it didn't focus enough on the murderer for her liking. So, well, she said she liked it. She was not blown away. As I thought she would be. Um, starring John Leguizamo. Got Mira Sorvino. Jennifer Esposito. Adrian Brody. Abs. <laughs> Baby Newworth. Mike Starr in there. Whew. Anthony LaPaglia, love him. Ben Gazzara, yeah, Ben Gazzara, that's a name, eh? Uh, Michael Rispoli, actually, didn't he go on to do, uh, he's done a few things of this nature, didn't he? <laughs> Anyways, um, you know, based on actual events, uh, which is horrifying, and the Son of Sam in general, of serial killers is definitely a weird one. Um, he, you know, believed, uh, I, I thought it was his dog, but at least in the movie, it's like his neighbor's dog, uh, told him to kill people. Mm-hmm. 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 That dog's not going to heaven. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, rating wise, God, I, I feel like I'd go another four and change. I don't think I'm going to have a five out of five here from the looks out of it. Um, yeah. yeah I, I think it's worth a watch in terms of if you're ever going to watch a movie about this subject, I think it does a good job of seeing it from a very specific point of view, which is sort of a, a, an interesting take, a, a take I could appreciate. So, you know. There's that. 
Uh, moving on from the year 2000, so moving up a year, I guess, when three rappers want to get even with a pimp, they accidentally unleash a leprechaun who goes on a killing rampage in the hood. That is spelt in the description T-H-A apostrophe H-O-O-D. The Shouldn't the apostrophe be after the the, not before the hood, as it is here? I don't know. Um, Leprechaun, five, colon, in the hood. And it's not in da hood, as I, uh, uh, when I was trying to convince the missus to watch this, I said in da hood, because that's what I remembered it being. It's sort of a Berenstein bear situation, but it's in the hood. What the hell, Leprechaun, five. Starring, of course, Warwick David as the titular leprechaun. And we've got Ice T. And we've got, oh yeah, um, one thing I, I think I may have seen it, like, back in the day. But it did have, is this him here? Anthony Montgomery? Like, the main guy? Yeah, it is him. Um, which I didn't remember him being in this. He is, uh, what was his name in Enterprise? Uh, uh. Ensign Travis Mayweather. So uh, it was nice to see him. I haven't seen him in a while. Um, made me want to rewatch Enterprise. Uh, I will definitely say that. Uh, yeah, he was he, he was good considering you know uh, what he has to work with. I guess. <laughs> yeah, this is a hundred percent so bad it's good, uh, which is interesting. Uh, I'm also going to talk about a movie called The Skeleton Key. Actually, why don't I talk about them both simultaneously? Um, so the skeleton key from 2005, the leprechaun from 2000. So these are sort of early to mid aught movie uh, horror movies, and they both went in different, you know, sort of routes. The leprechaun five went the, you know, the bad guy is <laughs> a killer leprechaun route, uh, whereas the skeleton key. Uh, well, let me read. Uh, a hospice nurse working at a spooky New Orleans plantation home finds herself entangled in a mystery involving the house's dark past. So it, uh, I, I guess I'd say maybe even that's a more sort of traditional, quote-unquote, uh, horror movie vibes. Yeah, uh, you know, ghosts as opposed to Leprechaun, <laughs> I guess. Um uh, taking itself, you know, 100% seriously 100% of the time. Uh, whereas Leprechaun, you know, clearly having fun with it. I I, I mean, there's a post-credit rap scene <laughs> where Warwick Davis is doing a Leprechaun, you know, rap, for example. So just over-the-top ridiculous. Now, I suppose you could probably tell by my tone and what I've said so far which one I like more. Leprechaun... Five in the hood. Ooh, does it get a five out of five? It almost gets a five out of five. It is bad, and it is good. And I would um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I would definitely recommend if so bad it's good is a genre of film that you like. You know, definitely throw this one in the mix. Hundred percent. The skeleton key, <clears throat> just sort of bland. Yeah. Uh, Kate Hudson, you know, she was good in it. There, uh, John Hurt, I guess he doesn't really have much of the way of speaking lines. He's sort of uh, a quote-unquote stroke victim, we'll say. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But, uh, you know, he, he gives it his all, I feel like, <laughs> despite not really having much to do. Um, <clears throat> Gina Rollins. Yeah, she was actually pretty good, too. Yeah, you know what? The acting wasn't, uh, wasn't horrible, for the most part. It, it, it's just, like, so cookie-cutter, just kind of a boring... <clears throat> you know, until you get to the twist, which is, I guess, kind of a twist. Um, yeah, it's just, a, it was never really that entertained. And it was, you know, it's an hour and 44. I feel like this could have been a half hour. <laughs> How long was the Leprechaun? Hour 30? I feel like it could have been five hours. I would have been fine with it. So, uh, Le uh, Skeleton Key, I'm going to have like a two- yeah, really just sort of, bleh. it was, it was a thing on the screen that I watched, that sort of feeling. Uh, moving on to from 2023, The Strays. Hmm. Uh, a woman's meticulously crafted life of privilege unravels when two strangers show up in her quaint suburban town. Interesting. Uh, this is very much, oh, god damn it, I thought of it right before I started recording, and like, uh, get out, get out, uh, very much sort of get out vibes, I felt like, and I can't imagine I'm the only one to make that, uh, connection. So this girl, uh, basically, not a double life, um, uh, but kind of, I guess, is it a double life if you... Like, do you have to be leading both lives simultaneously? Uh, I guess usually the saying is, she led a double life. But here it's, she led one life, <laughs> and then she left that one, and then started a new one. Is that still double? Or is it, you know, one and then another? Whatever. That's semantics. It's some antics. Uh, yeah, so she's, you know, a... Uh, uh, playing this sort of hoity-toity, uh, yuppie, I believe, would be probably a word you could use, uh, uh, English, posh, uh, uh, lifestyle, <clears throat> whereas her old one was not that, and it sort of invades in this, um, definitely, um, I thought, well, you know what, I went into this, this was another request of the missus, <clears throat> excuse me, um, well, I guess I haven't been, uh, you know, I was going to say I haven't been recording podcasts, but I have been doing long plays, which we'll talk about in a sec. Uh, so my voice, hmm, I should start doing some voice exercises or something. You know, maybe I should look into that, like ways to strengthen it. Okay, well, you know, I'm going to make a note, ways to strengthen voice, because I do find uh, sometimes my voice does go out a bit. Like it uh, kind of does now. Hmm. Um, okay, yeah. So anyways, The Strays, rating-wise, uh, went in thinking it was a horror movie, but it was a thriller movie. And thriller movies... You know, uh, I feel like nine times out of ten when it comes to a thriller movie, I'm just sort of like, meh. Meh. Uh, like, it's got to be, like, uh, I, I don't know. I, I can't even think of an example of one I really like. Oh, wait. Uh, Pacific Heights. That one's not bad. Anyways, I don't know why that's the first one that popped into my head. But, yeah, thriller as a genre is not usually one I like too, too much. Which this is. 
So uh, with that grain of salt in mind, I'd go three. Yeah. Which, of course, is enjoyable watching, but wouldn't watch again. And I really can't think of a scenario where I would want to watch The Strays again. Uh, Final Film from 1999. Let me see if you could tell by this uh, description uh, what the movie is. The two best special agents in the Wild West hmm, must save President Grant from the clutches of a diabolical, wheelchair-bound, steampunk-savvy Confederate scientist. Oh my god, that's a long... Wait. Okay, this is all one sentence. Okay, let's see if I can do this. Alright, breathing, breathing. The two best special agents in the Wild West must save President Grant from the clutches of a diabolical, wheelchair-bound, steampunk-savvy Confederate scientist bent on revenge for losing the Civil War. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) That is a long sentence. (sighs) Wild Wild West. (laughs) Oh, it's actually not the Wild Wild West. It's just Wild Wild West. Okay, I always thought there was a lot there. Yeah, um, you know, so bad it's good again which uh you know maybe it's like is there like a comfort to us you know like why why do people like so bad it's good movies i mean quite often it's because they're funny um and quite often because they're uh, you know accidentally funny uh this movie tries to be funny (laughs) and there are you know there's definitely moments i laughed and, you know, uh, over-the-top, ridiculous bad guy. Steampunk. You know, it's funny. Uh, I somehow talked the missus into watching this. And one of the ways I did it is because, she, for some reason, she always sings Will Smith songs like uh, Welcome to Miami. And um, I don't know if she ever really sang the Wild Wild West one. But uh, <laughs> that was my sort of in to get her to watch it. it was the Wild Wild West uh, uh, uh you know theme song i don't know if it's theme song but what i did not tell her was it was steampunk because she has a strange um sometimes i feel like made up uh, for the purposes of just being um funny slash difficult hatred of steampunk <laughs> yeah like a, a comedic level of dislike of steampunk she has so i didn't tell her it was steampunk uh and and then we sort of got into it and we were watching it and then she realized and i'm like <laughs> you're gonna like steampunk after this spoiler alert she still doesn't like it um you know kevin klein he's always good will smith you know always good there's there, there's things to like about this movie um there's definitely things not to like about it we got M. Emmett Walsh in it. Selma Hayek. Jeebus. Jeebus on the Selma Hayek, I will say. We got Bay Ling. Right? Um, yeah. It's pretty dumb. And for that reason, I'm in. Uh, it's got to be a second viewing, if I had to guess. I'd go 3.9. Yep. A, a solid 3.9. All right. Let's move into non-movie stuff. Okay, so let's see. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The dining out experience. Okay, so I have a note here. Uh, Yeah, the missus and I went out uh, for dinner the other day. And 
going out for dinner is not one of my favorite things. Uh, I would rather either make something at home or perhaps even better, actually, to be honest, uh, order something and bring it back or order something and have it delivered. Um, but actually going out and sitting in a restaurant and that whole experience, not my favorite. I'll do it because the missus likes doing it, but she would do it way more often <laughs> than I would basically. So we compromise and don't do it very often. Or we do it more than I would like and less than she would like. So we're both dissatisfied. Perfect. And that is marriage. Uh, so we went out the other day to this new restaurant, um, sort of nearish. I'm not going to mention the name because it was a not great experience. And one of the things that, you know, which is sort of a, a, a win lose, the lose is the not great experience. The win is, you know, I don't have to go out for, I said one year, it'll, uh, that probably won't be the case. But uh, after our experience, I said, okay, I'm not going out for dinner for one year. Um, you know, that won't actually happen, but it, it's given me some leeway. So the first thing is, um, uh, uh, I had the most expensive steak I've ever had. It was $105. $105. I asked for it uh, medium rare. Um because other times I've asked for rare, like I like a rare steak. It's just, I've asked for rare and gotten blue. Um, probably three times, three or four times. One, it was like just raw. <laughs> uh, and I am not the type of person to complain and send things back. So, you know, I eat it <laughs> now. Uh, uh, what I should have said, and uh, had the debate, well, not debate, uh, a debate, just a, the, almost like a question to the missus after as I was driving home. Now, does this sound like a rude thing to say? I, I, I kind of don't think it does. So when someone asks, how do you want your steak? This is what I think I would say. Um, I, I'd like it medium rare and, uh, I would prefer it rare over medium. Um, if that makes sense. So, so like air on the side of rare <laughs> and that rhymes and you know, it rhymes. Yeah. Medium rare and air on the side of rare. And that's got sort of a, you know, a, a nice little, uh, not a literature, alliterative, but, uh, yeah. Okay. Medium rare. You're going to try to remember that medium rare and air on the side of rare. So this was medium rare, uh, aired on the side of medium to the degree that it was just medium. Um, and it, didn't seem to be that good a steak. Like it seemed like something I could have got at a supermarket and made better. In fact, I have definitely had better steaks that I have prepared from, you know, supermarket to meat. Um, so uh, the missus also ordered jumbo prawns, which were $10, which, you know, jumbo prawn, $10. That's not too bad. They were cocktail shrimp <laughs> and there was three of them. It was three bites of tiny little shrimp called jumbo bronze. Um, uh, I had my first Moscow mule. That was good. That was good. All in all, it's just, I, I put it in my notes because I apparently wanted to talk about this experience, make record of, I guess, which, you know what, maybe I, I kind of want to do that more. Like, 
have a record of experiences in the form of this podcast. Yeah, why not? Uh, experiences, ideas, things like that. Not just, you know, movie reviews, if that's what you call them. That, that's sort of just me um, not categorizing, but having a record of the movies I watch, which has come in handy on more than one occasion. So that's kind of nice. Um, okay, so here's another weird little note. A wish, colon. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember this. Um, <clears throat> so... Okay, so uh, this is a weird wish. Um, <laughs> I don't know, actually know how this came about. Uh, okay, so my wish is that Adam Savage builds and films the making of uh, uh, Majora's Mask, Hylian uh, Shield and Master Sword, all life-size, and in um, and also in a custom lore friendly display box. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's an interesting wish. I suppose. I mean, yeah, you could wish for, you know, a, a billion dollars or whatever, but I feel like something like that. Yeah. That would, that would be really cool. My notes, uh, oh, you know, it's weird. This note is from exactly to the day a month ago. That's sort of interesting. Yeah. So, uh, obviously I don't, uh, <laughs> 100% remember writing that, but I have. And you know what? Yeah, I do like that idea. Uh, I've often thought um, owning the Samaritan gun, Hellboy Samaritan gun that Adam Savage built, like, of things that exist on the planet that I would love to own, that's, you know, high on the list. Yeah, like, I'm not a car guy. Uh, uh, I don't want a giant mansion. Uh, the house we live in now is, you know... It's a townhouse. It's not huge, but it's it's more than we need even. Uh, so material things. I'm in a very fortunate position that I don't really uh, need or, or 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 want a great deal, but stuff like that. Sort of very cool. I feel like. All right. Uh, moving on to what do I do? Okay, we'll do TV, which is just the one show, it looks like. Veep. Yeah, I finally uh, got around to watching it. Um, watched all, however many seasons there were, and definitely enjoyed it. Uh, uh, laughed muchly. Okay, but let me throw one thing out, and that is, uh, I feel like I heard from more than one source that this is one of the, the greatest modern-day comedies. And while the writing was very smart, and again, laughed fairly consistently, I didn't necessarily find that to be the case. Um, like, rating-wise, I'd go a solid four. Uh, it's just, I think maybe I went in with too high... It was a combination of two things. Uh, went in with too high expectations after hearing, you know, people who I respect. I, I'm not, I'm not going to, I don't have any names of people who I heard talk about this, but I know I've heard on podcasts people say, like, this is one of the best ever, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, you know, too high expectations combined with my, uh, uh, and, and this has come up on the podcast, you know, somewhat consistently, I feel like, my... I don't know if it's distaste. Maybe it is. I don't think that's the right word. I just find politics boring. 
<laughs> like, uh, it's come up more in like D and D stuff. I feel like like political intrigue, you know, political intrigue campaigns. It, it just makes me start yawning. I mean, <laughs> that was a fake yawn for the purposes of our discussion. However, yeah, it's just kind of it, it does not appeal. It does not appeal to me. So the fact that I'm giving something that is, you know, got this political backdrop uh, 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 from the point of view of the vice president and sometimes president of the United States, uh, uh, that I enjoyed it as much as I did, uh, I will say, you know, kudos to you who will never hear this. It's the advantage of having a podcast that no one listens to is... Uh, I don't like saying not nice things about, well, things. <laughs> so uh, the fact that I know no one involved with Veep will ever hear this is freeing. So I could say, not my fave. But good. But not my fave. Uh, everyone is incredible in it. Julie Louis-Dreyfus, obviously. Come on. Tony Hale loves it. Actually, I, I can't think of a single person on the show who I didn't, uh, you know, thoroughly enjoy. So thanks Veep. Thanks Veep. Oh, uh, I wanted to throw in one mostly because it was six hours long and, uh, I enjoyed it from never knows best on YouTube. It is, <clears throat> what's it called again? The entire history of video games. Now, you know, I don't, no, if that's a little bit of a hyperbole there, obviously. However, I think did an admirable job to the degree that uh, I very much enjoyed it. This was as, you know, a lot of the longer, the, the extra longer form content that I consume. Uh, it's uh, before bed while, you know, trying to get to sleep, get into that sleepy sleeping mode, throw something like this on. You can, you know, watch it and see the visuals, but you can also kind of close your eyes and just listen. Yeah, I like things like that, where watching with your eyes <laughs> is an option. It's optional watch. Uh, so you can sort of drift in and out, sort of close your eyes, just listen for a bit. And then when I feel like sleep is... It's almost when I feel like the... <laughs> The, the jerk of, oh my god, I just almost fell asleep. That's when I turn it off and then, like, immediately fall asleep. So thanks for that, Never Knows Best. Um, I liked it. So I mention it here. <sighs> Alright, moving on to not one, not three, but two video games. Wow. Uh, okay, why don't I start with Diablo... Oh, wait, how, what order did I play these in? Yeah, let's start with Diablo 4. Uh, I enjoyed it, <laughs> he says in a certain voice. However, like many, eventually I got bored. Um, so, uh, played the hell out of Diablo 2. Like, just a ridiculous amount of Diablo 2 back in the day. You know, I was at the sort of perfect age for that to really hit and hit hard and probably is one of the reasons that I love video games as much as I do is because of formative experiences like that, like Diablo 2. So I played the hell out of three. I enjoyed that. Um, I didn't, well, you know, played the hell out of, I did one run as a monk and I think I dabbled a bit as a necromancer. 
Um, here I did uh, a, a full necromancer, which was fun summoner build, uh, which despite not being as powerful as other possible builds, uh, I felt was fun. Um, if you know, disappointing in that fact that a necromancer who summons things uh, should, I know, in my and many other opinion, uh, be a more powerful uh, build than say one that, well, what's the, 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 the bone build? That's something I want. One who throws bones at people. <laughs> you know, think of, think of it in, in a, just sort of a, a logical sense there. You, you got a dude who throws bones at you versus a dude who uses those bones to bring skeletons back to life to hit you with swords and magic. What sounds more powerful? What should be more powerful? <sighs> Um, I, uh, uh, very much enjoyed the story, which I think is the issue with what this game has tried to do. If it were to just do the story and none of this other stuff, I think, you know, uh, it, it's this games as service sort of thing where, uh, uh they want people either not even to pay attention to the story, but I, I guess you could do kind of have to, or continue playing after the story is complete, which is where it sort of fell apart for me. So I beat the main story. I got my character up to level 70 something, 74, I think. And, you know, I had fun doing so, but eventually reached that wall of where I realized I'm just sort of grinding. And grinding can be fun. Like rust is a perfect example. The, the grinding of rust can be very sort of relaxing and almost meditative. But here, less so. Um also because of some of the mechanics and you know I'm, I'm not saying anything that hasn't been said a million times um you'll be in situations where you're just sort of grinding 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 and then suddenly in one shot you'll be dead like it's infrequent in this game that you will die slowly either you'll be a 100 fine or you'll be dead <laughs> there's not much in the way of happy medium uh so that's frustrating or frustrating, if you say it incorrectly, which many people do, to my great annoyance, no, my great perturbedness. No, not even that either. Um, so, yeah, rating-wise, I mean, for the story, for the fun that I had while I had it, I'd go like a four. Yeah, like a solid four. For the grindiness, post-fun, the post fun grindiness i go like it too yeah it, it really sort of dropped off for me um like went into it with high hopes uh those hopes were met initially and then eventually those hopes were dashed well not dashed i feel like the takeaway for me is i had a lot of fun playing it and then i stopped <laughs> as often happens with you know, video games. Hey, why not? Uh, all right. Oh, uh, and also I turned it into a long play. I should say that. Uh, so it was, you know, the librarian, 
uh, finds himself in this realm. Uh, I did something that I had never done with long plays, which is normally I record, you know, 100% of me playing. However, uh, you know, the grindiness, I didn't record 100% of that. So basically what I did was all story missions I recorded. Um, and initially I recorded like all dungeons and stuff, but eventually I switched from just recording like side quests, like actual quests and the grindy dungeon bits. I wouldn't uh, necessarily record everything. So, um, I, I guess maybe those, yeah, just sort of a, a lent itself well to doing it that way. I felt, I think I felt and I think. Uh, all right, moving on to uh, from oh, I guess from twenty twenty three, yeah, brand new game. Um, the Legend, I don't know, why I give the year. Legend of Zelda: Colon Tears of the Kingdom. Yes, yes, so friggin' good. Easy. I'm just gonna start with it. Easy five out of five. Yes. Did you like Breath of the Wild? Here's more. Here's. Uh, that game doubled with a little more doubled because of the uh the underworld what do they call it <laughs> you know the underdark let's just call it the underdark that's fun uh and, and then a little more because of all the stuff in the sky so there you go um i've completed it i have uh, done all the shrines i have got all the light routes um, I haven't fully upgraded my battery stuff. Uh, I got it up a bit, but uh, but not fully by any means. I, I, I haven't even hit the blues, to be honest. Um, did uh, beat the main story. Um, interestingly, compared to uh, Breath of the Wild, my percentage of completion, I feel, is less. Yeah, uh, and I don't know what's a significantly less, <clears throat> but I feel like definitely less. And I haven't picked it up in quite a while, whereas with that game, I played for like a long time. And yeah, uh, I wonder like if I could, uh, I feel like you probably could see how long it took to, you know, I don't want to say complete, uh, start playing and then stop playing Breath of the Wild versus tears of the kingdom i feel like i don't want to say half the time but i bet you it's half to three quarters of the time meaning i beat it quicker and had less desire to pick it up again now uh this all could be the fault of Baldur's gate 3 <laughs> which i'm not actually going to talk about this episode i'll, I'll save that because i haven't uh, haven't beaten it yet uh just to touch on Baldur's gate 3 jesus christ so incredible um doing a long play of that and it's just uh, it, it fits the the librarian so so very well uh actually interesting thing of um tears of the kingdom it's the first game in a long time that i haven't long played because um uh, i don't really have the ability i mean I, I could figure it out i'm sure to record switch but also i kind of wanted this game to be just for me and uh i'm, I'm actually glad i did that I like to have a game that is uh, you know, I, I just play when I want. Whereas when it's a long play, I have to sort of schedule a little more. 
<laughs> and you can't just sort of pick up and play. There's there's other things involved. There's there's testing. There's audio. Which on that note, I had another goddamn lost audio yesterday. In fact, uh, so recorded you know almost a six hour long episode and only the first hour of uh, a voice recording recorded <laughs> for some reason. Uh, that one sucked. Not as bad as my twelve hour, but. Uh, pretty pretty bad oh on the note of 12 hour uh i beat my long play record of uh, i recorded i did this on purpose uh in order to beat my record my old record was i did an elden ring long play for 10 hours uh that was my record but with Baldur's gate because it's so easy to play and play for a long time and not realize how long you've played i thought you know what i could beat that so i did a, a 12 hour long long play only to find out shortly after uh, when i tried to load it that youtube only allows you to uh, upload videos of uh, uh, 12 hours or less and mine was like 12 hours and i don't know, like 10 minutes or something so i had to snip out a bunch uh yeah <laughs> found that out the hard way but still still i'm gonna say that uh it was 12 hours and it's my record and I uh sorry back to tears of the kingdom uh story i loved uh may have cried at the end who's to say could have just been the dust in the room you know it's a a, a series that i've played since i was a child <laughs> Uh, so you do get sort of, uh, I feel like, like emotionally involved with this world. Yeah, bound to happen, right? Plus it's a, a, a beautiful, in several senses of the words, and just sort of compelling story and world. Um, uh, the, the, the new mechanics are uh, very much enjoyed. My only complaint of the building of things is I wish the grinds to get uh, a battery, to, uh, to get battery resources, uh, was not as grindy. Like, I would have liked half as much. Like, they could have doubled. Or, uh, you know, give me... You know what would have been cool? Um, in the... Uh, how did you get the motorcycle in the first one? You had to do all the shrines, right? That's what it was? So have me do all the shrines uh, i will say when you do all the shrines in this the reward is not great at all it's it's a well i'll just spoil it for you um it's just like this set of armor that's not even you can upgrade it to be really good but you know it's, it's not great there, there, there's better armors <laughs> much better um so there's that um I, I feel like what the reward could have been that would have been really cool was either something that gives you infinite battery or something that gives you almost infinite battery would be uh would be a nice complete all all dungeon reward or a complete all light route award or if you do both yeah how about this how about this if you do all the dungeons you get uh, uh an item that gives you you know uh, an amount of free battery like a like a high amount and if you get all light routes you uh, get the same and if you do both like i did then you get infinite yeah yeah how about that 
Okay, anyways, uh, so that's kind of my only complaint. Uh, I had a cool little house set up. I did like that. The mechanics are, you know, very simple, but uh, it was fun to get a, a, a nice little home set up with some uh, uh, displays. What I did with my displays I, I, I enjoyed was got like really fancy swords and then put uh, talus hearts on each of them and put them in my little displays there. Who doesn't love that? Um, I can, I, I do still have a lot of side missions I could do. So, you know, the, the possibility of me picking it up from time to time does exist. Um, whereas in the first game, I thought I would at least try to do all the Korok seeds. Here I knew that was not going to happen, so it didn't bother as much. Um, what else? Yeah, easy 5 out of 5. Okay, so I guess that's it in terms of everything I had planned. Yeah, right. Um, so let's just talk a little, uh, you know, behind the scenes, touch on uh, long plays a little bit, since that's my fun thing that I got going on. Oh, uh, you know what? Uh, let me throw out, uh, I did actually want to talk about uh, uh, Practical Heroes a little bit. So uh, I have mentioned uh, on more than one occasion, I am on the uh, the cast of d and D long play series uh called the sands of sildaris which is campaign two of uh, uh practical on the practical heroes network which can be found on twitch since we stream every other saturday uh you can watch past episodes on our youtube channel uh it's also an audio podcast you can find in all your podcasty sources um and I've uh, been having a lot of fun doing that. Uh, we are currently just got to level five, I think. Uh, the party, both in and out of character, I feel like has really gelled well, uh, and especially in the last couple episodes. Um, my initial... Uh, I don't know, yeah, I, I will say uh, it did feel, at least at first, that an episode would end and it would kind of feel like nothing, we didn't accomplish anything. Um, I, I, I even recall saying to the DM that, you know, railroading <laughs> has negative connotations. However, uh, a little bit of it I feel like is needed in order to move things forward, particularly in the form of an actual play like if you're just sitting at your home table the 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 drive to progress the story is you know there doesn't necessarily have to be one i mean it's nice if there is but it doesn't it, it's not as important as when others are watching you play i feel like so i i always say and i feel like i've said this to multiple dms like you you give me some obvious uh, i don't mind an obvious signpost of what to do like uh, hey, something i actually say to my players is uh, you know you're in a you're in a, uh, a tavern you uh, hear a scream from the basement now you don't have to go into the basement you could say okay my character goes out the door and starts heading north um and while I could run with that, whatever is north is not something I have planned. So it might not have the polish of following that scream in the basement. See what I mean? Now, is that railroading? <laughs> I would argue no. I would argue that's giving your players things to react to. 
rather than them have to figure out things to react to, if that makes sense. So, you know, I, I don't mind, quote-unquote, obvious things like that. A note delivered from a mysterious uh, a, a source that says, meet me here at this time. Oh, that's weird and cool. Wait, that's kind of railroady that he wants us to go there at this time? Hmm, okay, I don't do it. See what I'm going with here? Yeah, yeah. Um, but in the last couple episodes, I, I feel like we've made some progress on some things. And I almost feel like um, the DM has actually uh, done some more obvious uh, stuff at us. Which maybe he was feeling it as well, that our progression was, was stalled? Like, uh, I don't think stalled is the right word, but you know what I mean. Um... Also, in the last episode, a bit of a bombshell right at the end. Um, like, not much of my backstory stuff had been touched on. Which I, uh, I actually read the backstory on the podcast. Uh, this is for Chester Fields. Bugbear. I'm a bugbear rogue. Uh, rogue bod. Three, three rogue, the rest bod. Is the game plan. Which is actually sort of my... Uh, uh, Baldur's Gate 3 uh, build as well uh, Arcane Trickster Lorebard uh, yeah, yeah oh and I'm running with um, uh, Karlak uh, she's my sort of frontliner um, then I had Shadowhoof for quite a while but uh, now I got my sort of ideal party my perfect party for the rest of the game which is I've got Minsk and I've got you here <laughs> and Karlak. It's a, it's a, it's a great mix. So, uh, I left Jahir as a druid. Uh, I think, I forget what kind of druid she was, but I respect her as just a moon druid. Uh, Karlak, uh, respect as a barbarian, uh, just a, you know, your classic berserker barbarian. Um, and then Minsk, I actually made a cleric, uh, a nature cleric to sort of stick with his ranger-ish stuff. But I needed a cleric in the party, and uh, he seemed like the best fit. So that is what has happened. And I am, uh, you know, a, a, a rogue bard, so I'm doing all the talking and the, uh, you know, breaking into things. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good party. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to keep talking of that. It's just it's taking up a lot of my mind lately. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing I wanted to mention. I had this idea that I'm uh, going to do where... My first playthrough of Baldur's Gate 3 is just sort of, it's the librarian, the classic librarian. He's, you know, finding himself in this strange realm, uh, a realm he's sort of visited before since um, uh, my Baldur's Gate 2 episodes have just started dropping. Actually, first one dropped today, so you, you can watch that, should you wish. Should anyone be listening to this, which I'm not convinced that anyone is. Anyways, um... So I'm going to, as soon as I'm done recording this, uh, uh, I guess we'll call it good playthrough, uh, I'm going to do a dark timeline playthrough. So uh, the librarian in Elden Ring uh, found himself wearing this sort of mushroom hat for uh, the latter half of the game. And I would often joke that, you know, in character, I would joke that I could feel the tendrils of the mushroom working its way into my brain and sort of slowly driving me insane. So, 
uh, I'm going to take that idea and pretend that eventually that did happen. And it, it turned me, quote-unquote, evil. So that's the sort of dark timeline, whereas, you know, the, the normal timeline is just the normal timeline. Um, so I'm going to do an evil playthrough as a, uh, a hail, or halo, as a uh, spore druid. What do they call it? Is it just spore druid? And uh, do the dark urge and just, you know, basically be as evil and uh, uh, killery as I can be. And, oh, oh, the other interesting thing is because I am uh, over now, actually, over one year ahead in terms of episodes uh, scheduled, I'm going to drop the, the, the good playthrough and the evil playthrough simultaneously so that, uh, you know, you could... If you wanted to, for some reason, um, watch them both huh. and see how both playthroughs, you know, kind of play through. Huh? Uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to uh, uh, doing that. And on the note of long plays, just because it's, you know, it's my sort of favorite thing that I've re uh, been doing on the internet lately. Um, up to uh, 160 some odd subscribers and getting some you know consistent views um what i do is every sunday a uh, long play drops and then every other day every day that is not a sunday i'll uh drop a clip so like a you know six to one minute long one minute being like the absolute maximum probably a uh, long clip each day and uh, seems to be working in terms of, you know, people enjoying them, which is odd. And, you know, I get some clips that one just had like a thousand views. Uh, my biggest one had like 6,000 views. But, you know, while that feels good, a, a, a nice chunk of views on a clip, what I kind of actually like even more is the fact that the actual long plays uh, seem to be, you know, gaining in popularity. Uh, you know, getting, I don't even know if they crack a hundred, but you know, I, I kind of almost appreciate 50 to a hundred views on the actual long play, uh, just as much as if not more so to a thousand views on a clip from the long plays, if that makes sense. Uh, some nice comments as well. Just the, uh, one of them sort of confirming, which I think maybe I even mentioned this on an episode, confirming my suspicion, just because it's how I watch content like this, that, you know, it's, it's the type of thing you put on in the background. Just sort of that uh, hopefully calming voice. Um, that uh, maybe before bed you, you throw on just to sort of turn your brain off. Yeah. Which I, I feel like that is the way that content might be headed. Um, I actually was talking about this with my D&D uh, uh, &D, uh, uh, Practical Heroes folks. The fact that... Uh, so I started this podcast in 2012. And that was sort of before most people knew what a podcast was. And now they're, you know, they're in the zeitgeist. They're ubiquitous which is a word I say slowly, because if I don't, I usually say it incorrectly. Um, so, you know, out of the curve, I guess. You could say, now, nobody listens to this, so <laughs> maybe I didn't take full advantage, but still, 
Yeah, but still. Uh, uh, then I did VTubing for a very short time. Uh, I'm sure I spoke of it on this podcast back in the day. Um, it was like five-ish years ago. I actually looked for how long ago it was. I think it was about five years ago. So it was like a, a an early adapter to VTubing. Uh, virtual tubing. <laughs> uh, whereas now, some of the biggest streamers out there are VTubers. So again, uh, I feel like I'm a little bit ahead of the curve on that. Uh, and again, didn't take it full, fully advantage. Well, that one... Um, because I, I didn't enjoy it. Like, it, it made... It made playing video games feel like work, <laughs> which, you know, it made me not want to play video games. Wow. You know, that's how bad it was. Uh, it was mostly audio stuff. Anyways, um, now I have this feeling that people who, you know, uh, see things like TikTok probably being the prime example, the short form 30 second one after another after another content this just sort of very jarring uh, I could feel my brain melting as I watch it form of media are you know going the other way and looking for super long contents super long and relaxing contents I know it's definitely been something I've now crave and search out and um I have this theory that, you know, it's going to be the next big thing. And the medium is the message, and the message is uh, people are <laughs> sick of things like TikTok and just need to relax a bit. The, they're going to start to realize what it's doing to their brains. Like, the missus watches it, and, you know, sometimes I'll look over her shoulder, and after five minutes, I, I legit feel dumber <laughs> I, I don't know if dumber is the right word but like i i could feel like it, it's not good it is it is not good for you and and the sad thing is i get it too like watching her uh, like watching it for a bit i could i can understand the pull of it it's just yeah be careful yeah be careful with your brain and what you put in it so uh, uh watching a super long and relaxing thing what do you think that's going to do versus the the inundation of multiple things over and over ad nauseum until it melts your lobes? It's going to melt your lobes. <sighs> All right. Well, I actually have D&D in a couple hours, so I'm going to get ready for that. This is a, a non... I'm in two campaigns. Uh, two and a half. One, uh, we're in another one that's sort of on a summer break, you could say, and we're just doing some play-by-post kind of uh, role playing, which has been uh, which has been fun. Um, playing my my character Burgo. Uh, I think I did I read his backstory in here. Probably did. I, I I tend to do that because I like to do that, and I do what I like. Okay, yeah, I guess that's uh, basically it. Oh, wow, this episode ended up being longer than I thought it was going to be. Huh. Well, good? I don't know. It's nice to be nice to the nice. That was the...